It's uh, Tuesday, 12-12-2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Believe in the gospel. Uh, yesterday was weird because Rumble was off. We have published, I've published the link, Lord willing, it's going to be up and at it. But yesterday we covered Alex Jones' return to Twitter. I then did an explain sketch, which is what I'm calling these things, by the way. Whenever I do this stuff... I'm calling this an explain sketch. I have a lot of people that think that that's good. And so Lord willing, we'll continue to do that just to show the uh, just to show the fundamentals. Of course, I always want to point to my mentor in the law, Dave Jose. You can follow him at Real Dave Cares for you on Twitter and then uh, Dave Cares for you on Telegram. Uh, the way that I do things is I'm a visual guy. I like to do that type of stuff. So today we're going to be talking about conquering Pornhub. Conquering Pornhub. I first want to begin with the Bible. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. But he that hateth reproof is brutish. Now this is the Bible calling you stupid if you hear someone trying to correct you and you don't go along with the correction. If you love knowledge, if you love to know things, but when someone corrects you, if you hate it, then you're stupid. There's a couple different things going on here. First of all, this implies the fact that ideas are supposed to have a purpose and point to truth. That if I know stuff, but I know bad stuff, then God's wisdom is to bring me ways of different ideas to correct me. Now, the way that we do that is we look at the Bible because this is how God talks to us. This is how God has revealed himself to us. It's how we know him. But it's also the idea that if I think that I know something, I have to be able to test that idea whenever it's challenged. If the idea is challenged and I don't test it, if I just block it off, then I'm stupid. The Bible is calling you stupid. When the Bible says brutish, it's calling you dumb. It's calling you stupid if you don't take the reproof. Now, this doesn't mean that every single time someone tries to correct you, they are right. It means that knowledge is going to be grounded in truth. Colossians 2 verse 3, all the treasures of knowledge are in Christ Jesus. So if you read the Bible and you know who Jesus is, what you know will reflect what God says. And what God says will be able to stand up to any kind of scrutiny. It will have the humility to say, you know what, let's go ahead and test that idea against what the Bible says. Let's test that idea against the truth. This is why we prove all things. So I, Lord willing, want to get at conquering Pornhub, but I want to do it in a way that looks at the law, that stands on righteousness, that ultimately points back to Jesus. Lord willing, that's what we'll do today. If you want to support the efforts that I do herein, one of the best ways to do that is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Take the money you're already spending. You are already spending this money unless you're perfectly subsiding by yourself and subsisting off the land. If you purchase home products for any reason, toothpaste, uh, shampoo, uh, nutrients, vitamins, if you purchase any of those things, you are already spending that money. Switch it on over to American Manufacturing. Let myself or someone with me give you a call, walk you through the process, sign up at Patriot Switch dot com slash Jaren. This is one of the best ways that what I do gets supported. So if what I do brings value, 
That's one way that you can help me out and help yourself out and help out American manufacturing. Take your dollars away from the globalists, give it to Americans and help Jaren out while you get good products delivered right to your door. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. The first thing I want to talk about before we get to conquering Pornhub, and we're going to end with an encouragement to fathers, by the way. I want to end by encouraging men, by encouraging fathers, because I think that the world is, there's a lot of evil, there's a lot of bad, and I want to, if I can, apply a biblical frame to solving things, and so we're going to end with an encouragement. We're going to end with the gospel, of course, amen, but we're going to end with an encouragement to fathers after we discuss conquering Pornhub. But before we discuss conquering Pornhub, I want to speak about the rise of nationalism around the globe. I believe nationalism around the globe is rising because there is a failure of globalism. Specifically, the post-World War II security posture, global order, is collapsing. You've probably noticed it, but it's coming in the form of large corporations that are now dictating and tyrannicalizing people locking us down people are rejecting this other nations are pulling away from america they're getting away from the petrodollar they are shoring up their own losses and building up their own nations you can see this whenever you have people like um xi jinping pong the president of china he is making his first visit to vietnam in six years to counter u.s clout now why would the chinese be doing that well, it's because if you look at the Chinese imports, they're pulling themselves away from America. Fewer and fewer Chinese import, or excuse me, fewer and few, fewer American imports are going to China. There is a decoupling of China's economy away from America. Now, what I want to point you to is the fact that this is China importing American goods. This is not about Americans importing Chinese goods. I put up a graphic two weeks ago that's saying that more Americans, or excuse me, I put up a graphic two weeks ago saying that Mexico uh, imports more things, or I, I should say, we get um, America gets more imported from Mexico than we do now China, which at least suggests a regionalism more than a globalism. So you can almost imagine that if you think about your logistical supply chain. It has been the case for 20, 30 years where Chinese, where China has exported the most amount of stuff to America and America was importing the most stuff from all nations from China. China has now been replaced by Mexico. So that is a shortening of that supply chain. If more stuff is coming from Mexico into America, then America importing from foreign nations is getting closer to herself. Now, that, I don't believe that that is a deliberate policy uh, objective. I believe that that is the natural outcome of the rise of globalism, or excuse me, the rise of nationalism. As other nations are looking to secure themselves, they are naturally pulling their, um, their view, their objective, their supply chain. They're naturally bringing themselves back to themselves to gird their loins. This is a, that's what effectively what nationalism is. It's the nation girding its loins to prepare and secure to sustain itself. Globalism's the opposite. Globalism is the destruction of nations so that you can have a one world type of situation. 
that was, I believe, the policy outcome after World War II. Because when the greatest generation came home and started having kids, baby boomers, they wanted to, hey, we don't want to go fight these fights anymore. And so America, as one of the lone standing superpowers with the nuke, said we're going to develop an intelligence apparatus, an administrative state, where we're going to rule by corporation, and we're just going to take over things. And because every nation was left prostrate after World War II, except for America, you had all this financial capital, all this military capital, all this social capital, and it just went down from there. So the globalist post-World post War II global order is failing. China going to Vietnam for the first time in six years suggests that China, or I should say Xi Jinping Pong, going to the Vietnam for the first time in, in six years, he is doing to Vietnam what Mexico is doing with America, shortening supply chain, right? There is another uh, effect of this, and that, th that there is the Wall Street Journal's piece saying that there is a awareness, alarm grows over weakened militaries and empty arsenals in Europe. Europe's out of money, Europe's out of ammo, Europe has had a lot of mass migrants, illegal immigrants, and so this shows the weakness of Europe. This whenever you recognize that people like um, the Rocket Man and the Norks, the Norks are puffing themselves up. This is the worshiping of Rocket Man. I'm, I'm showing this video because there is, like I said, there is a rise of nationalism. People are starting to look inward and elevate their people above other you know, globalist tendencies. This is the Rocket Man in Nor North Korea. <laughs> Yeah, it goes on. Uh, whether that's contrived or not doesn't matter, but the looks on the faces of the children, the young people, they're crying. They look at this man as though he's a god. This is, a, I believe, a corollary to nationalism, whereby your national leading figures, if they are worshipped to this extent, <laughs> that, is, that is a dependency. That is a cult of character. Uh, woe to the people who look at Trump like that. Woe to the people who looked at Obama like that. This is why Christians look to the Lord. This is why we read the Bible and want righteousness as what the Bible says. Because when you get to that part, when you get to that point, where people are jumping and cheering and celebrating and, and worshiping people. That dude can tell those people anything and they'll do it because they worship him. He's a god on earth. Cross-apply Putin, cross-apply Xi Jinping Pong. Now let's go back here. Let's go to home. We come back here to America. What's his face? Um, McCarthy, who was the former Speaker of the House, the shortest tenured House Speaker in American history was ousted because he sucks. And Kevin McCarthy has since changed his tune now that he's announced he's not going to run for office again. Not only that, he's going to leave office at the end of the year. So this dude basically just quit, which suggests and shows, in my opinion, it's not about him serving his constituents. No, it was about the fact that he was highest up on the totem pole. And as long as he had the power, he was going to stay. 
But as soon as he got ousted, now you've got all the other Republicans starting to, you know, say, come on, Kevin, and start to, to tough talk him. They wouldn't have talked like that. They wouldn't have spoken to this man when this man had power. So it wasn't until he lost power did his ambitions change because now it's no longer serving his people. It's you don't have the power anymore. And the other people that were formerly under his thumb, once he lost power, they no longer give him the respect with a K, as you would say in urban areas. He don't have that respect that he knew, that he used to have. I can say that with a straight face, folks. That's talent. So he doesn't have the respect anymore from former, from fellow Republicans. Now he's changed his tune, which leads me to believe that he's going to try to waltz into some type of corporate job or he's going to cash in on the people that he funneled money to whenever he was the speaker. And so part of that means that he's got to now go against the nationalist fervor of this America first where Americans politically, I believe, the majority of us want to take care of America before we want to take care of other nations. But Kevin McCarthy, now that he's lost his power in the globalist order, he's not going to be in office anymore. He's now going to go back to the private sector, so to speak, and he's got to get himself positioned. This is why Kevin McCarthy has to start saying stuff like this. When I look at the Democrats, they actually look like America. When I look at my party, we look like the most restrictive country club in America. Now, he's probably saying that to people who look like him. But it's this, it's this golf clap. You can imagine the golf clap. The man in the tuxedo said that all of us look like a country club. Who talks like that? That ain't funny. It's not edgy. It's virtue signaling. It's virtue signaling the anti-white agenda. And to get the scalp of the former House Speaker, the guy that's on top of the totem pole, there is the old way of an analyzing power that would say, oh, he's the former Speaker of the House. That's a lot of power. And indeed it has been for the globalists who have hijacked government and used corporate oligarchies to run the nation. So if you want to get your payday from that system, that globalist system, you got to attack the people that look like you. You got to undermine America. You have to insult and reduce things down to the left or the right. The, the Democrat Party, they looks like America. Because we've allowed mass migrants to invade the nation, right? So the Democrat Party looks like America. My party looks like the most restrictive country club. <laughs> He's a moron. He's a godless commie. And then he was asked about President Trump seeking retribution. Now, this is where I want to point out the political agendas. Because the globalist political order, using these entities, corporations, to control everything, media, banking, you know, uh, business, the, the BlackRock stuff. Like we, We've showed this before. At this point, this is no, nothing new. But that represents one way of, of thinking, a, a, a way of organizing power in the world according to a globalist paradigm. It pursues the purpose of a one-world government. The other one, another, I should say, another choice is this nationalist perspective. Now, I'm a nationalist. I'm a Christian nationalist, by the way. Quote me on that. 
Send it to the FBI. Tell all the people I'm a Christian nationalist. Let them come ask me what I mean by that. And I will say every nation will worship Christ the King. Amen. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Revelation 21, 24. The kings of all the nations will come and worship Christ the King. Amen. And the church said, Amen. Right? Absolutely Christian, Christian nationalist. From the perspective of McCarthy, he has to attack this nationalist perspective. And what they're trying to do is, what the, uh, this clip I'm about to play, it impugns the motives of retribution of Donald Trump. See, Donald Trump is a nationalist. And as a nationalist, as America firster, I believe America's going to vote him in. I believe they voted him in in 2016, despite the machines. They voted him in in 2020, but then he balked and he didn't take the machines. And I think that they'll vote him in again in 2024. This is why I looked at the fundamental law, because whenever I see the fake FODE system arrayed as it is, I'm not just going to take their presumptions. I'm going to look at what's written, stand on my rights, and assert the law, because I want righteousness and not just what's politically opportune. I don't want to just support Trump because everyone likes him, a la Kim Jong-un in North Korea. I don't want to, 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 to you know, frolic. I don't want to faint. I don't want to be like, oh, look, it's Trump. I like Trump. But he ain't my God. He ain't Jesus. He, he needs to go be the servant in the White House and lead America first. But because most people, I believe, support him politically, the outgoing virtue signalers who preserve, want to preserve this one world government system purpose, have to go against Trump. And this is what McCarthy is saying that, well, Trump's about retribution. Watch this. I tell, this is what I tell President Trump too. What President Trump needs to do in this campaign, it needs to be about rebuilding restoring, renewing America. It can't be about revenge. He's talking about retribution day yeah, in, day yeah. out. He needs to stop that. He needs to stop that. You think he's going to listen to you saying, stop that, stop that? Well, he hasn't listened to anybody before. That's not true. He will ad adapt when he gets all the facts. He's not backing away from his calls for retribution. Yeah, but remember, you have a check and balance system, and I think at the end of the day, Where's the check America and balance on America him and the Republican Party? America doesn't want to see um, the idea of retribution. If it's rebuild, restore, and renew, and I, I think he'll see that. Yeah, no, I agree that we want to restore, rebuild, and renew. And that implies justice. That, that, that implies a condemnation, repudiation, repentance from what we got going on right now. And that means that if there's people that are doing lawlessness, you prosecute them. If there's people that have committed treason after a trial by jury, after due process, you kill them as a natural consequence of justice. You imprison people who commit crimes. You kill people who commit treason. This is not unlawful. This is righteous. Now, what I will tighten my language on is they need to have the due process. It needs to have two witnesses testify to the same overt issue and you have to move by uh, the common law in a court of record. It can't be a hoax military tribunal because if someone is a is one of the people, they cannot be subjected to a military tribunal. As long as the courts of justice are open, you cannot have any extremist or exigent or any type of um, you know special tribunals because now you're prosecuting people for crimes not according to the common law. So this means that Hillary Clinton needs a court of record moved by the common law and a jury of her peers. This does not mean that Hillary Clinton is put in front of a military tribunal. 
So that's where I want to draw a distinction because I want to focus on what the law is. But this notion that President Trump is coming for retribution and vengeance, well, of course he is because so much, so much wrong has been done. But this is also where I want to thread the needle and say that just because I want justice doesn't mean that what I want is what will happen. And it doesn't mean what I want is actually what's just. People need to go to the Bible and realize what the, the requirements of evidence are. They need to understand what the law is. If we're not willing to do that, then we're just getting whipped up into a fervor. And those words, retribution, vengeance, prosecutions, those become dog whistles that satiate our emotion but prevent our learning. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Whoso loveth, uh, whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. If you love to be taught what the truth is, you will love knowledge. But if you hate to be taught what the truth is, you are stupid. So when people say, well, he's only talking about retribution. Okay, amen. Because I believe there's been a lot of wrongdoing. At the same time, you have to establish facts in the law. You need due process. You need a court of record that moves by the common law. And you need justice declared according to the law. Not according to your political whim. So if you're on the left or you're a virtue signaler like Kevin McCarthy, I disagree with you politically. I think you're wrong. And I believe that there needs to be justice to those people therein because they're part of this globalist system that's been undermining the rule of law. I think that they, they are arrayed and stratified somewhere in that big scheme. The cabal, right? At the same time, just because you're op op opposing that doesn't mean that you are also just or righteous or truthful. So I can be politically against globalism while also distinguish myself in the law from people that are just like, we got to kill him, we got to rise up, we got to go shoot him. I don't want to do that stuff. I want righteousness. I want the law. I want the Constitution to be followed because I want a peaceful nation for my kids, my grandkids, Lord willing, uh, and my neighbors. So that's that's where I, I see the rising up of the nationalism. Let's get to this uh, main issue. I'd like to take the opportunity to point you to the private membership association of HumbleWB.Coffee. HumbleWB.Coffee. Delicious air-roasted coffee delivered right to your door no preservative no preservatives no additives no flavoring all 100 fair trade organic pure just like god intended coffee to be 99 of coffee roasters burn it in a metal drum load it up with a bunch of fake stuff and ship it to you hoping that you enjoy it don't just enjoy your coffee experience your coffee read the bible while you drink your coffee delivered right to your door humblewb.com coffee god bless this main story i'm going to be talking about is conquering Pornhub. conquering Pornhub. now i uh confess the sin of porn addiction uh christ has conquered that and i want to speak about that i've spoken about it off and on but i want to speak about it because i believe that this is one of the most destabilizing conquering things in our society rampant sex it's a result of neglecting God, which is an attack on man, which is a re rejection of God's order in marriage, which is then fomenting feminism, which is then undermining the purpose of sex, which then allows sex to be all over the place. And now that sex is all over the place, it's starting to stick everything in every little different thing. I will say that this is now coming with a warning. 
a warning, a warning. Got a lot of stuffy Christians that say that you can't say bad things. I'm not saying bad things. What I'm doing is I'm bringing light to the dark. I'm getting in the muck in the trench warfare where the ideas are colliding, trying to meet people where they are. As someone who was enslaved by the sin of pornography, really started on my combat deployments. Whenever you're in a combat zone, there's porn everywhere. Like every soldier deployed has has a thumb drive, has a hard drive, just full of porn. And that's that's what people do. They watch porn. It's it, it literally changes the composition of your brain. The neuroplasticity of your brain will actually make yourself dumber. It actually attacks gray matter. It it undermines critical thinking. It it, it attacks uh, recall. It undermines your emotions. It it changes all sorts of stuff. In fact, if I can go here to the Ballard Brief, this is from the Ballard Brief. I don't know who they are. I just kind of uh, was was researching stuff, looking up stuff on Google regarding pornography. But this is from the Ballard Brief. Pornography use among young adults in the United States, and it gives a summary. And I just want to read this summary just to kind of recap it because this is not necessarily my purpose right now. I just want to lead in. Pornography exists in many forms across the internet, including pictures, videos, audios, written materials, video games, social media posts. A majority of the U.S. population has intentionally viewed pornography before, and an even larger majority of U.S. adults viewing pornography regularly. Despite widespread use and support of pornography, viewing sexually explicit media can have negative consequences. For example, pornography use has been shown to correlate with decreased sex life, satisfaction, lack of positive self-image, and an increased chances of divorce. Research also shows that uh, both pornography viewers and pornography actors are less likely to experience emotional, emotional health consequences. Two of the reasons people consume pornography so frequently are because the content has addictive properties and because it is widely marketed on the internet and therefore easily accessed. Likewise, the pornography industry generates massive amounts of revenue which continually fuel the creation and advertising of new pornography. While there are many resources available to combat pornography use, the main practice to decrease pornography, listen to this, the main use to decrease pornography use is to publicize uh, is to publicize its negative consequences and alert people and alert people to the risks they assume when they view sexually explicit content. I will return to this because I will just say this and then I'll return to it. I believe that that is wrong because it's not addressing man's purpose. We will end on, I will reinvestigate that idea when I give my encouragement to fathers. But right now what I want to do is I want to do an explain sketch on pornography, specifically Pornhub. In order to do that, I will then play these videos. There are There is bad language involved. There is no explicit content images, but there is reference to acts. There is reference to contexts and situations. And so if you don't want to watch it or you're around children or you're around whatever, don't watch it. I am doing this because it is a devastating, soul-destroying sin that many people are addicted to. As someone who Christ has conquered this sin in, I glorify him by going directly at this, which is also part of the solution. By doing that, I want to start with this investigation of MindGeek. MindGeek is the company that owns 
Pornhub, and there was an undercover expose. It's on Twitter. I'll point to it hereafter, but let's look at this video. I'm setting it up. These people are sexual perverts, human traffickers. They traffic in minors. They rape women. They do all sorts of things that are bad, and I believe that it's happening because men don't follow Christ. Watch this. To get on, what do you have to do? Not much. Probably not much, yeah. How easy is it for like an underage person to view the site? Go to the site. Let's say you're 12 years old, you're still figuring out your sexuality, maybe even your gender. Wouldn't it be helpful to see, not a celebration, but just like maybe a normalization of something that you think is what you want, you know? Probably helps a lot. Let's say I was 12 and I saw like Trans Angels, I saw all these different sites. It would help me figure out what I do like and what I don't like. Try to push stuff that's more less less accepted. Like putting a putting a, a trans male or a trans female in a scene, you wouldn't get that on a normal mainstream site. So test it out. See if you get a bigger audience with it. See if you can convert somebody. Right? Like maybe somebody who's never looked for anything like that might find it interesting and click on it. Same thing for buy stuff. Same thing for gay. Yeah, he. Uh, those people need the gospel. They need the gospel. This is a clip from Arden Young. She's a former actress, now journalist. She used to be on Modern Family. Um, now she's an investigative journalist with an emphasis and a focus towards the exploitation of women on uh, by these pornography companies, spe specifically Pornhub. Here is Arden Young speaking about an investigation she's got going on. It turns out P-Hub's parent company, ALO, has been under criminal investigation in the U.S. for the past three years regarding its relationship with Girls Do Porn, a top content partner of ALO that coerced and trafficked more than 100 young women. The investigation seems like positive news, except for the fact that the Eastern District of New York is entering a deferred prosecution agreement with ALO, which is a negotiation that would help ALO avoid a criminal conviction by acknowledging responsibility for their actions and fulfilling other requirements. In return, criminal charges are dropped or just unpursued. ALO released a statement that said the government did not find that ALO or its affiliates violated any federal criminal laws prohibiting sex trafficking or the sexual exploitation of minors, end quote, which is extremely misleading since in this particular case, it only focuses on the assaults and trafficking of adult women. And they actually were found responsible for profiting from trafficking slash intentional monetary transactions with a known sex trafficking operation. Further, ALO will have to compensate the sex trafficking victims per the agreement. So what do you think of this deferred prosecution agreement and ALO's extremely misleading statement about it? Yeah, I hate it, but I'm going to show you an explain sketch that goes through it. So with this, and again, if you want to support and you appreciate what I do, because what I'm about to do, Lord willing, will be cool, uh, and explain this in the law, uh, you can find how to support in the links below. But remember what she said. What was it? A um, deferred... Come on, camera. Deferred prosecution agreement. 
Deferred prosecution agreement. This is what the DA was doing. Remember that. Preferred prosecution ag uh, agreement. All right, now, as always, we got our sketch. It's blank, so we're going to start with the gospel. Here is our cross. Here is the tomb, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus because the rock rolls away. Come on, camera. So you've got the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, right? Then out of the grave, Jesus comes. He says, Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20, which is the Great Commission. He says, all power in heaven and earth are given to me. And then he says, go. Go means do stuff. He told that to his disciples, right? Which are the people, right? So you've got we the people, we the people. And because all power in heaven and earth are given to him and he tells them to go, this means all political power, which is people. All political power is inherent in the people. Now we need to understand that whenever Jesus is talking about his power, the definition of rights, my camera's weird today. The definition of rights, one of them is power of free action. So the reason why you have rights that came from Jesus, when he said go, he gave you power of free action to use your rights, which come from him, so you can go do stuff. This means that you have all the political power. All the people have the political power. So our founders who believed Jesus, founders uh, equal Christians, right? Founders equal Christians. They uh, recognized, well, Jesus gave us rights. So we're going to reserve those to ourselves because this is life. This is liberty. This is property. This is uh, speech and all the other stuff, right? Then they built a really big wall right there. Then they wrote a constitution. This constitution is what creates government. This constitution has first and foremost a legislative branch which can write law, an executive branch that executes the law, and then a judicial branch that declares the law, okay? So you write the law, do the law, declare the law, amen. So each one has specific functions. This is a public trust. Public trust, this is, I should say, it's an express public trust. And again, you can go to, for more of these teachings to my uh, mentor in the law, Dave Jose. Go look up his stuff. He's at, at Dave Cares For You, right, on Twitter and Dave Cares For You or at uh, Telegram. So this express public trust created the Constitution, which has the legislator, the legislative branch, the executive branch, judicial branch, writes the law, does the law, uh, declares the law, right? These legislatures then write statute. Now, some of these statutes will then define crimes. We'll get to this in a second. Define crimes. Others of these statutes create entities, right? So there are statutes that create entities. There are statutes that define crimes. There are also statutes that create uh, government uh, jobs, like government jobs and offices, right? So one such act here is the Judiciary Act, 
of 1789. Now, this is for the federal government, right? So the Federal Government Judiciary Act of 1789 did what? It created, it created, amongst other things, created Attorney General. So it created the office of the Attorney General, and then it made this office and it put it underneath the executive branch. So the executive branch now has the attorney general. And this created office here now comes up. So whenever a president gets elected, this president then has a bunch of entities created underneath him. This would be secretary of defense. This could be secretary of treasury, right? He's got all the he's got all these people, right? This dude, the president, article 2, has all these entities underneath him that were created by statutes all the way back to the legislature. So you see how the legislature wrote statutes, created the government jobs. These government jobs are are encapsulated in original legislative original legislation. They have original legislative intent, but these offices are created and then over time they get changed. But if the president gets elected and he wants an attorney general, the president appoints and the senators, because this is the House and the Senate, right? If the president appoints an attorney general, he has to be confirmed by the Senate, right? So the Senate approves. Now you've got an attorney general. This attorney general is now looking at the crimes that are defined by statute that the legislature wrote. So you see how the legislature created the office, right? The legislature defines the crimes, but this attorney general that responds to him after he's approved by the president is now operating presumably under the political philosophy of this president. The president is chosen by the uh, electoral college, which is defined in the constitution, which is ultimately a reflecting of the choice of the electors of the American people. Okay, So then you've got these uh, judges, right? The only one that comes from this... Uh, what's it called? The uh, Constitution is the Supreme Court. This is the only pure constitutional court. All the other courts are also created by statute. Courts. This is also from the Judiciary Act. So you can also say, boom, courts. So now you've got courts that are created by statute and these courts are functioning here, right? Courts. Now, the courts, it's kind of like an on button. Imagine an on button. If you've got a new car, you have to have the key fob in your uh, vehicle. You got to push the on button while you hold the brake, right? Like you got to put your foot on the brake and push the on button. This is the same as granting jurisdiction. So a court can only have, a court must have jurisdiction to have a proceeding. How does a court have per, uh, jurisdiction? Well, in the common law, in the common law, the only ways to get jurisdiction over people, the only way to get jurisdiction over people is for uh, evidence of harm, evidence of injury, right, which you got to swear to, or a contract like fraud, right? Like they, they did something by contract of performance or non-performance, something like that. That's it. This is how you get jurisdiction over people. Jurisdiction over people. Right? Right there. Now, here, the defined crimes. You will never see any crimes start with people must. 
shall. Now remember, you need to go and learn from my uh, teacher, Dave Jose, right? You go here, because I'm, I'm not giving you his stuff, but crimes define stuff. The, the, the crimes will never, they'll never define people, or mu people must or shall, never. You will never find any statute saying the people must, the people shall. Why? Because the people are the grantors of power. They're the ones that create the public trust. They're the ones with the political power that they give to the government to do all this stuff. So the government cannot define what people are and then tell people. What these people do here is they'll say person. Or they'll, or they'll say whomever. Or they'll call you an obligor. Or they'll call you a... Um, you know, a law-abiding citizen, right? They create what's called a bill of attainder, and then they define it, right? So you've got bill of attainder created by crimes that define these things, and then these things right here are another form of pushing the on button for these courts. This would be a statutory jurisdiction, Right, so you push the on button, and here it's just it, it goes by statute to get sta uh, jurisdiction. It's by statute, which is anything that these courts now create their own rules. They have their own stupid case law, and they use statute. So if these statutes can define a crime and say persons' bills of attainder are by whatever, then whatever the statutory jurisdiction is, it's by statute. So whenever a court comes against one of the people and it uses statute, this is where, and Dave teaches this, go to Dave Jose, Dave teaches that people by right, by right, which means what? It comes from Jesus. Your rights come from Jesus. Your people by right can send notice and affidavit to anybody in the government. Notice, affidavit. You can send notice or affidavit to anybody in the government and tell them what's up. You can tell them what the law says. You can say anything. This is called uh, right to redress, right? Or uh, remonstrance. So you can, I can't spell. You can tell these people what's up. You can tell these people what's up. You can send it directly to anybody in government. Why? Because you're here and you have these because he loves you and he rose from the grave. So believe the gospel, right? If you don't believe the gospel, you're going to go to hell. The death, the burial, the resurrection, Jesus comes from the grave. He says, all power in heaven and earth are given to me. Go. That's the commission. That's him giving you the power. The rights are powers of free action. The founders were Christians. They believed the Bible. So because of that, they knew all political powers in the people. They reserved to themselves rights. They created the wall. They wrote the constitution. And then all this stuff's going on. Right? So whenever you come to one of these courts, the on button, jurisdiction, is pushed either by the common law, which is exceedingly rare, and Dave has written a notice. So Dave's notice on this is actually what you guys need to find, and I'll, I'll, I'll put it out. But Dave's notice is getting us back to this. The Supreme Court has flipped. This is what we're moving to. This is what 99.999999 repeating percent of attorneys do. This is what they do. They do this, which means they do not do court of record, which means that they do not do this, which means that they don't care about this, and they certainly don't care about this. 
This is why attorneys don't argue rights. They argue rules, case law, and statute always. And if they argue rights, they, are, they always argue rights underneath these crimes. Civil rights. Well, what comes? Where, where does civil rights come from? Civil rights are created by statute. Right? It's literally calling, it's literally telling you civil. Well, what, what is that saying? The civil power. Civil power is subjected to the legislature. Your civil right comes from statute. It doesn't come from Christ. Okay? This is why attorneys never argue your rights. This is why they don't move uh, by courts of record. So anyway, now let's look at um, these entities. So that you can create these entities, and this is what we did yesterday. So now you have this Pornhub entity. This Pornhub entity is now doing commerce, which means it's regulated by the legislature. So if the legislature writes the statute that allows it to create entities, that means any entity that is created, MindGeek, Pornhub, whatever, is ultimately regulated by the legislature. So if the people in the House and the Senate, these legislators, right, if these legislators received notice and affidavit by right from people of how they were being exploited, this is actually a common law action instead of a statutory action. So remember, let's go back up to our deferred prosecution agreement. If the legislature writes a statute that created a government job, and one of those government jobs is the attorney general, and now the attorney general is falling underneath the executive, he, this attorney general, now has the discretion, he's got the discretion to charge which crime. So now the attorney general's got this Rolodex of crimes that the legislature has defined, and now the attorney general, this is the power here, this is the, the power, the power of the attorney general is that he can thumb through all these crimes and say, yeah, this crime sticks, that crime sticks, which is why they're able to do, uh, you know, by statute. In fact, every J6er that I've ever seen was, was uh, put under the jurisdiction of some unredacted, unredacted, FBI agent, right? And the FBI agent is coming from a special commission that isn't even a, um, so this special commission isn't even an entity. It's, it's, excuse me, it's not, it's not even uh, an entity. It's just a freaking ongoing uh, fund expenditure, ongoing line item expenditure. So these, these agents that receive tax money, tax money, are able to then trigger these crimes to get jurisdiction over these people by statute to go by rules, case law, and statute and not a court of record. You see this? This is how they do it. But this how this attorney general is exercising discretion to go against this entity or not. Now, if this entity has people up here that are globalists and they've got the money, right? and these globalists are able to cheat or buy these politicians, then these people right here are basically blocking the Constitution. These people here are basically blocking the Constitution, which means whenever you argue it, they don't care because they have their entire system. They've got their entire system cut off. See how they've, they've cut off your rights, they've cut off the fact that it's a trust, they've cut off that your court's a record, and now they have their whole system, and they've got this. 
And this is how these guys are able to do the administrative state to take over all, all sorts of things. Well, what Dave has done is he's taught people like myself to give notice and affidavit coming by right to these people. And what we do is we show them the fundamental law and God is using that. Jesus is using that, that wisdom that comes from the Bible to prick these people's hearts and let them know, hey, the people know what's up. They're coming for you, which is what Dave's been doing with his notices. So this is where this is where things are. But this Pornhub entity, if it's trafficking people, it's regulated by the legislature. And any one of these legislators from yesterday, any one of these legislators can send notice in to, to open up their books, their records, which would be emails, which would be bank accounts, which would be all this stuff. Why? Because that entity was created by statute, which is ultimately regulated and controlled by the legislature. This cannot be stopped by a judge. Why is this the case? Because this is a legislative power. This is the legislative remedy that is inherent to the legislative uh, body. If the legislature writes a statute, the legislature gets to control the entities it creates. Now think about all the entities, all the entities that have, that have been controlled by statute. So whenever these guys are using discretion, anytime you hear the word discretion, that implies a morality. That implies a choice. That implies some type of thinking, some type of uh, priority or preference. So think about all these entities that have been created. The courts, the Secretary of Treasury, Attorney General, Secretary of Defense, blah, 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 blah. Right? So all this stuff is going on. So now you get back to this deferred prosecution agreement. This is literally the Attorney General as a created entity creating a contract with a created entity. That's all this is. That is this entity here contracting with this entity here. A created entity contracting with a created entity. This contract is now functioning as a uh, private agreement, which is in violation of rights. So when the courts are settling out of pocket, the attorney general is saying, hey, I won't come after you because you probably have some connection to globalists that hate Jesus and want to destroy the United States. So because the globalists got me in office or got my boss in office or got these people that confirmed me in office, I'm going to cut you a deal where you will then have to pay. Let's come down here. Let's come down here and we'll say uh, the agreement. We'll say here's our agreement. You will, uh, I'm going to defer prosecution so you don't have to go to jail, right? We'll look at stuff. We'll come up with a summary and then you got to pay some money to some of these people. But the people whose rights you violated, the people whose rights you violated, they only get this crumb. They only get this part of the cookie. They don't get anything here, and they definitely don't get anything from here. So we're going to create a system that will shield this, and then over here we'll call this justice. We'll call this justice. So we're going to defer prosecution. We're going to give the people that you raped, the little girls that you trafficked, we're going to call, give them a little bit of money. But they're going to have to go hire some attorneys to go get it for themselves, right? Those attorneys that they hire will argue rules, case law, and statute. And then we'll give you guys a little bit of, little bit of piece of the pie. We'll give them a little piece of the pie. We'll call it justice, and then it's good. You keep going on and destabilizing the nation. There you go. Amen. Now, I hate that. I think that's wrong. Uh, that is that is how I would depict it graphically. That's how I would explain it graphically. Um, I will remind people that. Oh, let, let me let me do this. Let me do this. 
I will remind people that if, if power was given, right, if power was given from people to the Constitution for the legislature to write the statute, to create uh, government jobs, to do all this, to create this, and this guy here is able to contract here in order to defer prosecution agreement, that's a lot of judgment from that guy. That's a lot of discretion. That's a lot of choice. Where did he get this power? This guy gets this power from the original legislation, which created the job, which comes from the statute, which comes from the legislature, which comes from the Constitution, which comes from the people. If this guy can choose to prosecute or not to prosecute, and all power comes from these guys, what do you guys think that these guys can do? We'll talk about grand juries in the future, but recognize this guy is not the only guy that can prosecute. <laughs> that guy is not the only guy that can prosecute crimes. Um, this is why we learned the fundamental law. Again, I'll point you to my uh, mentor in the law, Dave Jose. Uh, and if that helped in any way, please go to the links below. The best way to support me is at the patriotswitch.com slash Jaren option. Um, I mean, you know, if, if that is valuable, if that helps, if that honors or inspires or educates or whatever, there you go. Uh, that is how you can help me. But let's roll the rock and let's get to the encouragement. The video I'm about to play includes bad language. I write that so that you have a heads up. Okay. What it's about to say, it's a, uh, a girl on TikTok or Instagram asking a question and then a bunch of people responding. The people responding have curse words, but I want to set this up and, oh shoot, I want to set this up and afterwards um, I have some commentary. So let's go ahead. Be honest, who do you call when you are at your lowest? Who is that one person? Nobody. I'm a man. No one cares. Not a single soul. Nobody. No one. Because I'm all alone. I think I speak for um, a lot of people when I say um, I, I don't call anyone. Nobody. I'm a guy. Nobody gives a shit. Speaking for the guys when I say this, literally no one. <laughs> Do y'all call someone? Nobody. Just nobody. No, no one's talking to so nobody. No one. I'm a man. No one cares. No one. Not a single fucking person. I wouldn't call anyone. I wouldn't turn to a single person on this earth because they don't care. They will just find a way to use it against me. We, we, we can call somebody? I just thought nobody gave a fuck because I was a man. Yeah, um, there's a lot of things I have to say about this. I'll just be very deliberate. The question was asked by a woman, which is framed from a woman brain about an issue. So when issues arise, who do you call for help? This would suggest, and I'm not a woman, so I don't, I don't know, but I would suggest that this is talking about friendship or the network or the mom or the best friend or whatever. The question is a bad question for that of a man. Men aren't asking the question, who do we call for help? Although I would say, I, I, there's a couple different things. This is a result, the, the men responding, I believe, is a result of fatherlessness. I believe the lack of fathers in the world, it's certainly in, a, in the nation, a lack of fathers and Christian fathers modeling what righteousness looks like. I believe that that's the answer of why the men are responding the way that they do. So fatherlessness 
has created this isolation. Fatherlessness has gotten and, and grown and raised an entire generation of men who don't have it in themselves to look for people to for help. Now, that is not a repudiation. I believe that that is an opportunity. And this is where I want to encourage. Because remember, most people might look at the, the, the video, they might hear the music and they say, oh, those guys don't think that they can call anybody. Isn't it sad that they're isolated? And I think that that's true. I think that there's some, there's some truth there. It's not good that people feel isolated. It's not good that men feel isolated. I think that's a result of feminism. I think that's a result of destruction of the family. But this is the way that I think. I lost my father February 1. Dad went, oh, I didn't lose him. I know exactly where he's at. He's with Jesus. My father went to heaven February 1. My father was who I called. He is not here. I do not call any man living whenever I have a problem. I, I, I don't. If, well, if, if I know somebody who can take care of a problem, I'll call them. But I don't call people to say I have problems. That, that doesn't happen. So there is a, I believe there is a distinction between men and women, women in this regard. But what I want to do is I want to ask a man question. I want to solve this if I can. I want to, I want to encourage fathers. I want to encourage men by asking a man-based question. So instead of who do you call for help, who do you attack? Who do you attack? Who is it that you are fighting? Who do you fight for? See, that question is more man-focused because it implies a purpose. See, the woman perspective is, who do you call for help? Well, you're being attacked. Bad things are happening to you. Who do you call out for? The man perspective is, you have a purpose. You're supposed to go accomplish a purpose. What are you supposed to be doing? Men have been robbed of their purpose. They've been taught not to attack. They've been taught not to invade. Christians have been kowtowed. They've been holier than thou. They've been church miced. They've been niceified. They've been defanged. From a viciousness perspective, I think that viciousness is perfectly justified, certainly as long as it's as Christ would have you do. Christ is more, we are more than conquerors in Jesus. We are called to save souls. We are called to follow Jesus. We are called to war against the evil, but we do it in Christ's way. We don't do it our way. We don't use bombs or bullets or guns or knives or, or just brawn beating people up those things may be involved defending family defending property certainly fighting for your nation on just wars but it's the idea that i don't want to be asked who do you call for help because you're framing my thinking as though i'm being attacked no flip it who am i supposed to attack who am i supposed to conquer who needs to be subjected by by my efforts and this is where it's dangerous if you ask that question and don't point to Jesus. It's vicious if you ask that question and make that argument and don't tie it back to Christ. See, I believe that men are here to establish generational discipleship for the glory of the Lord. I believe that we are the ones with the broad shoulders and the strength to carry those problems. The women should be calling us for help. And we should be invading and conquering and fighting and teaming up with each other in order to invade the, the, the same ideas. 
if you're following Christ, you're not looking who's to your left and your right. You're following the king. And if you're following the king, he's going to direct you where he wants you to go, which will include fighting the enemy that's right in front of you. Amen. To point this out, what I'd like to do, and this video is a little bit long. That's fine. I want to unhitch myself and go here to the corner because there's probably going to be copyright stuff. And I want to play something that graphically depicts exactly what I'm talking about. Probably going to be copyright struck, copyright struck. I don't care. This is what I'm talking about. If you follow the king, he will lead you where you want to go. But the mentality is that you're conquering. The mentality is that you're fighting. Let's go. It's one of my favorite parts in all of cinema. I absolutely love, I absolutely love this scene. Everything about it. The enemy's there. The army's gathered. The cavalry has arrived. The odds seem against the good guys and just a bunch of dudes. Enemy responding. They look devilish. Grits his teeth. Frustration. Determination. Clear, concise Arise. directions. Arise, riders of Theoden! Spears shall be shaken! Shields shall be splintered! A sword day! A red day! And the sun rises! Motivation. Orienting them to combat. Yeah, get it! The king, touch your weapon. king in the battle. You're not looking to the guy to your left or your right. You're charging. The enemy fights back.
Notice they aren't walking. They aren't walking to the enemy. The enemy's in disarray. Fear grips them. That's fear right there. Yeah, buddy. Amen. The video asked, who do you call? The video asked, uh, who do you call? And a bunch of men were saying that they didn't call anybody. They were alone. I'm a man. No one cares. The woman asked the wrong question for men and the men give the wrong answer in response. The question is not, who do you call for help? The question is, who do you serve? Who do you fight for? Which would ultimately point to who your enemy is. And the answer is not that anyone cares and no one cares. The answer is that Christ has already won the victory. The answer is that Christ has already carried the cross. The answer is that Christ has already defeated death. He's already done these things. And so you're not following a king that's sitting in the lap of luxury, having grapes fed to him and olive branches fanning him. You're serving a king that is actively reigning in power on high, having done the greatest uh, mission, having completed the greatest conquest ever in creation. You are in mop-up duty. You are the cavalry charge running your enemy over. You are the one who's following the king doing the things that he wants you to do the way that he wants you to do them, which looks stupid by the world, or to the world, by the way. And you're not asking yourself, who do I call for help? You're asking, which king do I serve? Oh, that one, the conqueror, the almighty, the alpha, the omega, the one who's the beginning and the end, the one who created things by speaking and holds it together by the word of his power. The one who knows me, knows my sin, the one who knows the people that I don't know and their sin too. The one who gave us the mission that is impossible to complete without him fighting with us and through us. See, men have been taught that they need to ask for help. That's a dumb question. Who do you call for help? I don't call nobody for help. What king do you serve? That's a better question. Because the king that you serve implies and points to the kingdom that you're building. It points to the generations and the effect that your life is supposed to have, have in help of them. It speaks to the character and the method by which you engage your enemy. See, those guys didn't run up to the orcs and get off their horses and fight fairly. They ran them over. <laughs> they, they didn't ask for permission. They ran them over. And the closer that they got to their enemy, notice how they were following the king. They weren't riding going, is, is these guys still here? No, 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 no. They were following the king. And as they're following the king, everybody else who's also following the king created this uh, cacophony, this massive 
cavalry charge that just crushed the enemy. And the closer they got, the, the, the thundering hoofbeats, don't you not believe that they weren't reverberating in the black hearts of their enemy? And what did their enemy do? Turn and ran and got ran over. Now we serve a king. I serve a king. You might not. I serve a king named Jesus Christ. This king was virgin born, lived a sinless life, took the cross in my place so that whenever he died and shed his blood, God Almighty, the Father's wrath, was satiated on Jesus because I have broken God's law. I have sinned against God. I have elevated myself. I have masturbated to porn. I have cursed. I've taken his name in vain. I have ego. I have pride. I've stolen. I've done these things. I've done murder. I've done these violent, horrible, vicious things against God. Those bad things merit me a life and an eternity in hell. Fire, torment, consciously crying out in pain. I deserve to go there. Everybody deserves to go there because anyone who sins against God deserves to go to hell. This world is full of sin. It's full of evil. And so instead of just destroying things and starting over, Jesus came, put himself in the creation that he created, and conquered it with wisdom in a way that the world insults. And whenever he was buried, the sin died with him. When he physically rose from the grave and he says, I got all the power, go teach them to obey. That is a declaration of war that is saying, follow me. Don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. Follow me. Cavalry charge with me. Come with me. Men are asked questions. Who do you call for help? Which is a docile, passive, defensive, I'm being attacked question. Men should be asking, what king do you follow? How are you conquering for him? What mission does he have you on? How has he gifted you victory? How has he fought with you in the muck? See, when you frame it like that, you acknowledge the sober reality that things suck. We want to acknowledge that. Men need to acknowledge things are bad. We need to be sober with this. It's realistic. It's not fake. It's not a hoax. But that's also the first recognition that, well, if things are bad, we need to change. If I'm a sinner, then I can't save myself. I need to change. What's the change? Believe the gospel. Believe that Jesus took the cross for you. He shed his blood, which washes away your sin. He was buried. Three days later, he physically rose from the grave. If you believe that, if you trust him, you will take him on in baptism. You will follow him. You will read the Bible. You will wage war the way he wants you to. The world will insult you, which means that you will never have uh, a shortage of haters. You will never have a shortage of enemy. You will never have anybody that you can't go fight. But whenever you, the more that you walk with Jesus, the more that you conquer with him, the more that you'll fight like him, which will get you more enemies, which will get you more conquering opportunities, which will get him, Lord willing, more glory. See, I think that the easiest thing to do is to look to Jesus because I know it's the only thing. Doing that is the only thing that works. 
trying to figure out how to rid the world of evil is dumb. Elon Musk is the richest man in the world, bought Twitter, does great things for free speech, doesn't look to Jesus, which means he fails for eternity. I want people like Elon Musk to believe the gospel. I want people like Bill Maher, who hates Jesus. Uh, so does Elon. But I, I want these people who are enemies of Christ to know Christ. Because the Christ I know is not going to be nice when judgment day comes. He's going to be loving. He's going to be lawful. He's going to be exacting. I don't stack up. I don't measure up. Which is why I follow the king who by his grace takes me for all of my faults. Takes me for all of my shortcomings. Believe the gospel, my friends. Folks, thanks for watching. If this has blessed you in any regard, please consider switching the money you're already shopping to an American manufacturer. That's at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. This is a new way of doing things. It's not going to be the way that you normally do it. So whenever you hear it, you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. But it will save you money. It'll get you products that are better, that aren't sitting on the shelf for years like they do at Costco or Walmart or any globalist company. It's American-owned, which means BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street can't buy themselves a seat at the corporate table to change the advertising, to go do transers, all that kind of stuff. Delivered right to your door, which is good, and it benefits me. Amen. There's other links in the description that help me. If this has blessed you, please consider that. If nothing else, please share the content and invite people to watch. This is Monday through Friday, by God's grace, unless something comes up. Um, appreciate your time. Do not quit. I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.